Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I'm excited about what God is doing in the house, what God's doing in your life. And many of you know over the last several weeks that we've been in this series titled Kingdom Builders. Somebody say, I am a kingdom builder. And so I, I'm just excited that we're going to continue this uh, series today. Again, if you're here for the first time at Abundant Life, we welcome you. We're so glad you give part of your weekend to be with us here at Abundant Life. And we say it not because, you know, it's catchy or it just sounds like a good phrase, but we truly believe with all of our heart that God is a good God, that God loves you today, and God wants to bless you. We believe that from the very core of who we are, that God is good. God loves you today. And God wants to bless you. And I believe the way that we came is not the way that we're going to leave. But church, today we're going to leave empowered, strengthened, transformed, encouraged to continue to reach our world with life. That's our heart. That's our mission. And that's what we believe. So I just want to welcome those again that is here. We're so glad that you take part of your weekend. If you don't know, my name is uh, Pastor Sean Thomas. I have the great privilege to be one of the pastors here. And, and I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life today, in my life today, in our life today as we continue this series on Kingdom Builders. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me this morning. Well, I want to quickly get into this thought today. Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. I want you to turn over there uh, quickly with me. And while you're turning to Joshua uh, chapter 4, and we're going to uh, start in verse 8. Uh, while you're turning there, I just want to say it's great to be back home. My wife and I, over the last week, uh, we were up in uh, the great state of Maine. Oh, we love the state of Maine. Anybody here this morning that's from the state of Maine? Nobody. Wouldn't think so. That's okay. Um, that's because it's our state. Uh, no. We, love, we vacation there. We have opportunity to minister there. We're, in fact, connected with an amazing Bible college called Faith Bible College International. Uh, last summer, we had some Bible college students that interned with us. In fact, this summer, we've got some more college intern students who are going to be a part working and serving in the ministry. And we had a time to, to be at the college up there. We had an opportunity to, to minister at uh, the church uh, that's connected with the college, Charleston Church up there. And, uh, but it's good to be home. I'll tell you this. Uh, when we got there, it was 13 degrees. Come on now. It's middle of March. I got my swim trunks out on my bed. <laughs> I'm not ready to put on my snow coat on. Some of y'all are like, no, there's nothing great about the state of Maine. <laughs> it was 13 degrees when we got there. Catch this. They've got a ministry team at their church up there that all they do is chop wood. That's all they do. I mean, a bunch of like brawny looking characters that they show up during the week and their serve team is chopping wood. How awesome would it be to be on that ministry team, guys? I'm telling you, I mean, they got like hatchets on deck and axes and I'm like looking at this thing and like the prerequisite is that you have to have a beard and a flannel and then you make the team. I have neither of which. I'm still struggling to figure this thing out on the side of my face so I wouldn't make that team but I thought it was amazing because Pastor Matt who's up there in the church he said this he said there's no excuse for us to not be able to come together and celebrate the goodness of God so we've got a team that's dedicated to chopping wood to keep the to keep the the, the heaters going in the church 
And I'll tell you what, in, in, in the cold of winter, we came out for their service and had the opportunity to minister. And I mean, hundreds of people were coming from all over to hear the gospel. I'll tell you what, there is no excuse to not be able to come to hear the word of God, to be in the presence of God, to join together as a community of believers, to lift up the name of Jesus. And I believe the same is true here, Abundant Life Church. That's why I'm so proud every week when we come together to see that you're saying, hey, this year I'm going to remain driven. I'm going to hold on to the word of the Lord. I'm not going to let anything take me off the mark. I'm going to press forward. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press in because God's got greater things this year. Trying to stir someone's heart this morning. I said God's got greater things this year. And we got to remain anchored in. We got to remain driven, moving forward. In Christ Jesus. I love what the scripture says. Now thanks be to God. Who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Which means God goes before us. He sets the crooked path straight. He makes the way where it looks like there is no way. And in that I can give God praise and thanksgiving. Because I get to move forward with victory. I'm not hoping to get victory. I already have it in Christ Jesus. And that's the kind of church that we are. We're a victorious church. Somebody say amen. Amen. You Joshua chapter 4? All right. We're going to jump into this passage this morning. The Lord put this word on my heart, and I want to, I want to minister out of, just out of the overflow of what God's been, been dealing with me. And as we've been talking about kingdom builders and, and really the foundation of the last two weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen to the messages that Bishop preached. He was talking about understanding what the kingdom is, the purpose of the kingdom. Why am I a part of the kingdom? But today I want to talk about setting stones in regards to building the kingdom, setting stones. If I, want to, if I could speak from the subject line today, setting stones. And there's some of us that as kingdom builders, if we're going to be kingdom builders, we need to set the right stones. Somebody say, I'm going to set the right stones. And so we find out in the book of Joshua chapter Four, that, that, that the Lord has now prepared Joshua to lead Israel to, to cross over the Jordan River. That after 40 years of wandering, after 40 years of, of, of aimlessly going in circles, God said there's a new generation that's rising up. There's a new generation that's no longer going to allow the chains of the past to still stay on them. But I'm getting ready to transition a generation into what I have promised for them, a promised land. That this moment, that this hour, that this day, Joshua. It's time for you to take ownership. It's time for you to have divine possession. Everything that I've promised in this moment right now, you're going to cross into. And I believe that today, that if you listen to this word and receive it with your heart, that the Lord's going to lead you to step over the Jordan, to cross over into your promise. That this day, not tomorrow, not what was already passed yesterday, somebody say this day. I'm taking ownership. This day I believe that if you're willing to lay hold to the word of the Lord, to take claim of the word of the Lord, that you're going to take ownership of what God has for your life. Every dream, every vision, every purpose, everything that God has put on your heart, this day you can take ownership of in the mighty name of Jesus. And so God tells Joshua, here's the instructions. You need to send the priests with the Ark of the Covenant. The covenant was the place that represented God's presence. It's where his presence dwelt. And as the priests were carrying the ark, the Bible says in actual Joshua chapter 3 that the moment that their feet 
touch the water, all of a sudden the waters are going to begin to be cut off. That the waters will begin to dry up. But it's time for you to send the priests out. And the moment their feet touch the water, the moment their feet touch the water, that everything will begin to dry up and you will have a passageway across the Jordan River and make your way into what I have promised. And so we find out that as the priests step foot into the water, the waters begin to recede, the waters begin to dry up. And right here in Joshua chapter 4 is where we're going to read our text for the day. Verse 8 says this, And the people of Israel did as Joshua commanded. For the Lord commanded Joshua to send out 12 men representing each of the 12 tribes to take up a stone. Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the middle of the Jordan. According to the number of the tribes, the people of Israel, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. The place that they laid them was called Gilgal. The place immediately when they crossed over the Jordan River, it was called Gilgal. I want you to take a note of that. The word Gilgal, it means the wheel or the circle of stones. And as they placed them where they had lodged and laid down, verse 9 says this, And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there till this day. They are there till this day. I want you to jump over to verse 21 with me, and I want to read a few scriptures here, and this is where we'll put our attention on. Verse 21 in the book of Joshua 4 says this, And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. Verse 24, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. I said that they may know the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So what's happening here is as the Lord has given Joshua the assignment to lead the people across the Jordan River to transition into the land which he has promised the Israelite nation. The priests step feet, foot into the waters. They place their feet into the waters. The waters begin to recede. As the Bible just said there, the waters dry up so that there's a safe passageway in order for them to cross over. And as Israel is crossing over, the Lord gives another instruction to Joshua. And he says that you need to take one man from each tribe, representing the 12 tribes, and you need to have them take a stone out of the Jordan River. And as they pick up that stone, have them carry it on their back into the promised land, into Gilgal. Have them begin to take that stone out of the river and make a memorial, build a memorial out of 12 stones and the purpose of the memorial is so that for future generations, including the Joshua generation, would know the mighty works of God. Now it's important to understand the reason why God gave this assignment to Joshua is because if you remember when Moses led the people to the Red Sea and God gave Moses the instruction to lift up his staff. And when he lifted up his staff, the sea parted and the entire nation crossed over 
Remember that story. Early on in Exodus, they crossed over, but they never made a memorial. They never made a declaration. They never set up what I would call a praise stone. A stone of recognition of who God was and what God has done and what God will do. And for 40 years after they crossed the Red Sea, they wandered. And this time around, God was saying, Joshua, we're not going to repeat what happened 40 years ago. But we're stepping into a new season, and as you're driven forward, you're going to set up a declaration stone. You're going to set up a praise stone. And you're going to know that your generation and generations to come, the mighty work of God that's established upon your life. And so he sent out these 12 men to take the stones out of the water that had dried up and place them in the promised land. Can I talk to you? For a moment about setting stones today. Can I share with you about setting stones today? Because see, before they could even set the stones, before they could even build a memorial, before they could even put in position a place of declaration and praise of who God is, the Bible said that God dried the waters. And see, there's some of you that have been so hungry to get to the other side, but it seems like you've never had a way of passage. It seems like every area of your life's been flooded, flooded with lies and flooded with, 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 with despair or flooded with frustration or flooded with anger or, or flooded with offense or flooded with debt or flooded with brokenness or sickness. But I declare today the Lord is drying up the waters of your circumstance. The Bible said the moment that the priest's feet touched the water, the moment that you Touch the word of the Lord. The moment that you're obedient to the word of the Lord, all of a sudden, those things that seem like it was impossible for you to get to is going to begin to dry up in your life. The woman with the issue of blood, what happened? She was determined in her heart that if I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, that my blood situation would dry up. And the Bible records that as she in faith to the word moved forward and reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, her issue of blood began to dry up. What is it that if you could just take hold of the word of the Lord today will begin to cause your situation to dry up? I'm here to tell you this is not a year that we're going to be drowning. This is a year that we're going to be driven. This is not a year that we're going to look back, but it's a year that we're moving forward. Somebody say, I'm crossing over. And so this passage that we're reading says that the waters begin to dry up. Begin to dry up. There wasn't a puddle. Understand me now. There wasn't a wet spot. Like this past week when we were up in Maine, one day it was snowing. The driveway of the house that we were at had ice. I could have been ice skating. No, I would have been falling. <laughs> the very next day, that ice was gone, and it was like mud piles. The ice had melted, but the ground was still wet and soggy. The passage that we're reading says that it was dry. It wasn't wet. It wasn't soggy. It wasn't muddy. Because, see, where we were this past week, even when the ice had melted, and I saw that mud, I said, I'm not about to put my Jordans in that mud. No way. My, my wife said, what are you going to do? I'm going to go barefoot into the car and put my sneakers on my back. I'm going to set my, stone, my stones into the car, my shoes into the car. Not today. The things we do, right? 
I, I will carry a wet rag with me and go shoeless, sockless. This has happened one night, a couple, couple months back, it was pouring down rain. And we were trying, we were leaving from our midweek service from Wednesday night. And we got home and, I mean, just flooding down rain, my wife. You know, her first thing was, and I love this, this is how you know you got a good wife. She didn't say, what about the baby? She said, what are you going to do about your Yeezys? I took those shoes off. I stuck it underneath my shirt. I ran in there like I was running a route <laughs> for playing football. <laughs> Don't worry. The babies will be okay. They're going to be all right. We're not, wor we're not worried about it. But the Bible said that it was dry ground. And what I'm trying to illustrate is God has given many of you passage, but you've been making complaints and excuses. Well, the ground's still wet, or it's still muddy, or I can't step my feet. And God's saying, no excuses. With my word, the ground is dry. You need to excuse the excuses. Stop looking at what was. Stop looking at the past. It's time to set your sights and move forward. For my steps are ordered of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Your steps are ordered. The Israelites' steps were ordered. I met this young guy this past week up at the Bible College, and um, he, he, he suffers with a, with a condition. Um, it's, a, it's a mental condition uh, that causes him not to be able to have the proper motor skills. And his mind's sharp, but his motor skills are off, and so he has to use crutches. Uh, to get around and so he was in this class that I had the privilege to teach and share and uh, when the class concluded he came up to me with a couple of other uh, gentlemen that were in the class and we were just talking about the Bible and talking about the word and you know and, and they were sharing with me you know how some of the other students um, and mind you this college by the way people come from all over with different types of teaching theology and background but the goal is by the end of their four years, they're coming out and knowing that God's good, that God loves them, God wants to bless them, and they're equipped and trained to preach the truth. But they all come from crazy backgrounds, not all crazy backgrounds, but different backgrounds. And so one of the, the guys that was there uh, amongst this other gentleman that had this disability, they were saying, you know, some of the students, you know, think that God wants you to go through the pain in order for you to experience the promise, that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go through the struggle if you're gonna get success. And so as we were talking about it, they said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, that's not sound theology. That's, that's not true doctrine. Last time I checked, Jesus didn't die on the cross for me to have cancer, yet for him to be glorified after me getting healed. God doesn't make us go through this nonsense and this, and this stuff. And, and the kid that was on the crutches says, you know, for the longest time, my disability for me personally isn't my mobility, but it's been my confidence in being able to speak. I said, tell me more about that. He said, I wanted to go to the Bible college for years, but I looked at my disability and, and, and I felt like, well, if I can't walk right, then no one will ever respect me in my talking. So it really is a matter of me not feeling like I can speak with confidence because people are looking at my situation. He said, one day I had this truth and this revelation that the Lord isn't causing me to go through this pain. It's not about this pain. That I'm free in the name of Jesus. And I'm not going to make an excuse because I know this. God's given me a mouth to be a mouthpiece to preach the gospel. He could have used his disability to say, well, it's muddy ground and I'm not going to cross over. He could have made all the excuses, but he said, no, I'm going to cross over on dry ground because what the Lord has given me is a mouth to proclaim the good news.
He said, I don't understand my condition, but that's between the Lord and my condition. But all I know is this, I'm not getting in the way of that. I'm just going to follow the word of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go to the Bible college, be a voice, and let who I am speak through me for future generations. What I'm trying to tell you is some of us, we use excuses, we use ailments, we use all these challenges and difficulties and all these crazy things as to why we can't cross over into what God has. Enough with the excuses, enough of the 2020s, enough of the 2021s, enough of the political talk, enough with the, with the, with the crazy talk. It's time to get the word of the Lord on our lips and see that as our steps that are ordered from God. And so the Bible, it says that they were... Moving forward in dry ground. Somebody say dry ground. The next thing was this. As they were moving across the dry ground, the word came to Joshua and and told Joshua that you need to tell 12 men to pick up the stones. 12 men to pick up stones out of the Jordan River and build a memorial. 12 stones, one representing each tribe. Don't you think it's fascinating that 12 men were responsible, were, were responsible to pick up 12 stones? I believe the God, that God was trying to illustrate it's time for each tribe to take ownership. It's time to take, for 40 years you've been relying on Moses, but this year, this season that you're getting ready to step into, it's on you. I said, it's on you. I said, it's on you. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, now he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. I said there's power that's within you that is by the Holy Spirit that allows us to move forward and take ownership. Psalms 90 says that he would establish the work of our hands. Yes, the work of your hands. God's favor, his anointing, his grace is upon your life to pick up that stone. You say, what's the stone? The stone represents the mighty works of God in your life. And some of us need to look down and see that there are stones that God wants us to pick up that represent the mighty work in our life. For once I was lost, but now that I'm found, I'm picking up my found life, my new life in Christ Jesus today. I'm giving God praise and thanksgiving that I'm not going to live my life to what was, but now I'm going to live my life to who he's called me to be. I'm not going to be this washed up, broken down and out man, but I'm going to be a mighty man of God. I'm picking up this stone, this declaration, and I'm going to say, Lord, I praise you and I give you glory today. As I read earlier, he's enthroned on the praises of his people. But what the enemy wants to get you to think is that you need to be enthroned on your problems. And the reason why we can't give God praises is because we're focused on our problems. And I want to tell you today that God's not going to be enthroned on your problems. See, God doesn't care about me. No, God does care about you. But God's not going to build on a problematic foundation. But when you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and the old is gone, the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 that we are living stones. I said you are a living stone. And our design, our purpose is to be laid upon the foundation of the cornerstone. Anybody ever seen a building that was built or, or, or a house that was built? It starts with a reference point called a cornerstone. 
it is a type of stone that when it's put in position, everything built upon it can have uh, its foundation strengthened because the cornerstone is the strongest point. Jesus is the strongest point of our life. And when we build our life upon the rock, we're not going to be a house that's going to be tossed to and from with the wind, but we are anchored in. We are living stones. And so what we begin to see here in this passage is that these men begin to pick up these stones, and I call them stones of praise. I call them declaration stones. Some of us, we, we, we need to pick up our stones of declaration and say, Lord, I declare and thank you for my health. I declare and I thank you. For, 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 for renewing my mind. I declare and thank you for saving me. I declare and thank you for giving me my family. Stop complaining about what you don't have and start celebrating God for what you do have. Start praising him for what you do have. And so these men, they begin to pick up these stones right out of the dirt. Don't you find it fascinating that the stones came out of the dirt? At one point, our lives was in the dirt. At one point, our lives was lost in the dirt. And I believe that this was a type and shadow, a representation of us being pulled out of the miry clay. Come on, what is Psalms chapter 40? It says that he has taken us out of the miry clay. He has taken us out of the dirt. He has washed us. He has made us new so that we can be that living stone founded on the foundation stone. And so they begin to pull these, these, these stones out of the dirt. They begin to pull them out. What has God pulled you out of this year? I said, what has God pulled you out of? What situation have you been pulled out of this year? Remember the story of Paul and Silas? What happened? They were in prison and they were locked up. They were beaten. They, everything was a mess. And it said in the midnight hour, in the darkest hour, they begin to lift up praise. And as they begin to lift up a declaration of praise, God moved in that jail cell and they were pulled out of the darkness. What I'm trying to tell you is this, when they praised at midnight, it was a dark hour. Doesn't matter how dark your situation or your circumstances, when you can lift up praise, God will take you out of from where you are and bring you to where he is. Let me tell you, praising God, by the way, is not when everything is all right. It's not when everything is perfect. Can I help you out with praise? Praise is not conditional. Praise is not conditional. Hear me what I'm saying. Praise is positional. Praise is come hell or high water. I still declare that God is a good God, that God loves me, that God's going to bless my life, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that my God will go before me, that nothing will be against me, that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I got praise on my lips. I don't care what problems are surrounding me. Some of you got to get your praise back. Praise doesn't just come when you got your favorite worship song on. Praise is how you should start your day. Praise is thankfulness. Praise is declaration of God's goodness. What does the Bible say? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Jesus says this, if you don't praise me, I'll cause the rocks to cry out and praise me. But if you've got breath, you've got praise. And if you've got praise, you've got power. Because praise unlocks the power of God, the presence of God, the potential of God for your life. 
You want to see your circumstance change? Start praising God. Start praising God. Praise God for who He is first and foremost. Some of us, we just want to praise God for the things that we want. No, praise God for who He is. Who is God? He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. Who is God? He is Jehovah Rophe. He is my healer. Who is God? He is my provider. Who is God? He is my peace. Who is God? He's my present help in time of need. Who is God? He's my victor. Who is God? He is my guide. He is the good shepherd. Who is God? I praise you, Jesus, for who you are. I praise him for what he's done. And see, I believe they picked up these stones as a reminder, as a memorial for what God has done. Some of us are so eager to get to the next thing of what we want God to do that we've forgotten to praise him for what he's done. We need to take a moment and say, Lord, I praise you and thank you. Once I was lost and now that I'm found, I praise you and I thank you. Once I was broken and now you made me whole, I praise you and I thank you. So they built this memorial up. And as they set it in place, it was to serve as a memorial of praise, a memorial of declaration, a memorial that would be a reminder of the mighty work of God for future generations. They set stones that declared, if you're taking notes, write this down. They set stones that declared God's presence, God's power, God's promise. These stones represented God's presence, that for 40 years the Lord was with them, regardless of how they acted in their disobedience. But God would continue to be with them. Relationship comes out of presence. My praise allows the presence of God to come into my life, that I can begin to have relationship with my heavenly Father. It released his presence. It released his power, God's ability to deliver them to protect them, to provide for them, and it released his promise, a guarantee of victory. Praise becomes the guarantee for victory. Praise will become your guarantee of victory because we already have victory in Christ Jesus. If you feel like you're in the middle of struggling with something, you just begin to praise God. I've always found whenever I feel like I'm in a tough moment, instead of complaining, instead of whining, I just say, Lord, I praise you. And it's amazing how your spirit is immediately lifted. Why? Because God's going to rest on your praise, not the complaints of your problem. God, rest on my praise today. Rest on my praise today. Rest on our praise today. Let us be a people of praise today. Let us be a people of praise today. And it releases that promise. But here's the interesting thing, and here's where I just want to spend the last moment this morning. Last moment, then I want to close the Bible said in Joshua chapter 4 that the 12 men representing each tribe was to take the stones out of the river out of the water that had dried up and to build a memorial but as you continue to read, there's a line of text here that's very interesting. Because it says this. In verse 9, after Joshua gave the instruction, he says, 
and Joshua, though, set up 12 stones into the river. Very fascinating. God instructed Joshua to send 12 men to take ownership, to set a declaration of praise of the mighty works of God into the land that he had promised. But yet Joshua took 12 stones and put them back in. Two sets of stones. They weren't the same ones. Two different sets of stones. Men were coming out. But Joshua was placing stones that were in. And I prayed about this and I said, Lord, what is it about this passage that you're trying to show me this morning? And the Lord made it very clear that he wanted me to communicate this to you today. That there are things, there are stones that you've been carrying from the past that need to go back into the river. Because the moment that the priest stepped foot out of the water, the water will begin to wash back over that riverbed or wash over that dry ground. And some of us, we've been carrying stones of hurt. We've been carrying stones of guilt. We've been carrying stones of pain. We've been carrying stones of brokenness. We've been carrying stones of defeat. We've been carrying stones for too long. And this was a representation that Joshua is saying that from this moment moving forward, the only stones that we're going to look at are the ones of God's mighty works. So I'm going to take the 40 years of wandering and I'm going to put it down into the river. I'm going to take 40 years of unbelief every time I question the Lord. God, where are you? Even though God showed me where he was. And I'm going to put it into the river. I'm going to take 40 years of fear and not trusting God. I'm going to take my 2020, by the way, and I'm putting it back down into the river. Because I'm not taking anything of the past with me moving forward. I'm not taking sickness. I'm not taking divorce. I'm not taking debt. I'm not taking the lies of the enemy. I'm not taking failure. I'm not taking sin. I'm not taking it with me. I'm leaving it down in the dirt. And the water is going to wash over it, never to be seen again. I'm not standing for it. The book of Hebrews says that we cast off every weight in sin that easily ensnares and easily entangles us. You cast it off. Oh, but God, but God, we, sometimes we act like the Israelites wandering for 40 years. And God's saying, how many times have I shown myself? that I've shown myself. Start making a memorial and a declaration of praise. But why don't you take those stones of your problems and those stones of your past, and why don't you put them back down in the bottom of the river never to be seen again? The Bible says that my sin is cast into the sea of forgetfulness. God's not looking at where you messed up. God's not looking at your brokenness. So it's time that I'm going to cast every weight. I'm going to cast off every sin. I'm going to cast off everything that easily ensnares me. Why? Because I'm going to fix my eyes onto Jesus. And I believe that this was Joshua, a type and shadow of Jesus in the Old Testament, saying, 
children of Israel, I'm taking these things off of you right now. You trusted me. See, then how do I cast it off by just trusting the Lord? You say, God, I don't understand, but that's okay. I praise you. Lord, I haven't served you. I don't know you, and I need some things to change in my life, so I'm giving my life to you. I'm casting it off. I'm casting off every weight, every sin, every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. Every stone. I'm setting my stones of the past behind me, but I'm going to set a stone of the future in front of me because my God's a good God. I said, my God's a good God. I said, my God's a good God. And so, Lord, I praise you. And everywhere that I go, I set the stone wherever I walk. Everywhere that I go, the promised land. I told you that they set the stone in Gilgal. What was Gilgal? The wheel. What was Gilgal? It was called the place of the, of the turn, the turning point. And when you begin to set a new stone, when you begin to make a new daily declaration over your life, over your purpose, over your future, over your family, over your finances, over your health, over your relationships. When you begin to set a new stone, everything will begin to turn. Everything will begin to change. The wheel will begin to turn. The wheel will begin to rotate. Things that felt like it was going to take years is going to take months. And things that felt like it was going to take months is going to take weeks and weeks, days and days, hours. Hours, minutes, minutes, seconds. This year, God is turning everything for good. Where are you setting your stone? Where are you setting your stone? God, I set my stone today before me, no longer looking at what's behind me. In the mighty name of Jesus today, God, I will give you praise for your mighty works. Be enthroned on the praises of your people today. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.